What's going on? Steve Raptors Rizzo's podcast. Uh, I guess unofficial season preview podcast. Unofficial. Unofficial. Uh, just in case we don't hit every storyline, because that would be a lot to talk about, and we've talked about most of it already. Not a lot new in the two weeks since we spoke to you last. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, still a Toronto Raptor. Uh, my co-host, as always, still Eric Kareen. Still covered. The one, the one upgrade we couldn't make this offseason. Ouch. Ouch. I think uh, this is my 11th season covering this team. Um, uh, just counting, passing time. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more interesting of a team than the 2010-11 Toronto Raptors. When Richard Deitch was doing that worst team you ever covered series, I, I would have... Uh, for the Athletic. Yeah. Uh, Subscribe today, 40% yeah. off during NBA uh, first week of the season. Uh, I think I would have chosen that team. But yeah. I don't really have any memories of that team. Yeah. So my, I have... I have a couple distinct memories of that team. Um, I was a season ticket holder that year because yeah. I was not in the sports writing industry yet. Um, Simpler times. Yes. So I remember foremost the Jeremy Lin game. Oh, that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, because I had season tickets that year. So Valentine's Day. Yes, I took a girlfriend to that game, uh, and also I remember being at the final game where Ben Uzo got a triple double. Oh, and yes. the Raptors won a game that neither team had any interest in actually winning. Then they won by like 40. Yes, and it was the difference between... Yes, and someone... There was a big man, Solomon Alabi, yeah. played like 40 minutes. It was crazy. Because they only played seven guys that night, yeah. I think. Because they didn't want to win. Well, they should have tried harder Their at not winning. bad guys were too good. Yeah, um, so that was the difference between a choice between Harrison Barnes and uh, Damian, Damian Lillard, Lillard or uh, picking Terrence Ross. Yes, the choice between Terrence Ross and Andre Drummond. Yes. If you wanted to phrase it that way. Although the, that people retcon that they should have taken Drummond forgets that Jonas Valanciunas had been stashed overseas that year, was the number five pick the year prior. Turned out quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this season like, will not, the 2018-19 season will not be that bad. Uh, it is my fourth season covering the team in an official capacity like seventh unofficially and then like I don't know tenth maybe if you count like blogging once a week for Raptors Republic initially of course I do yeah, it's, uh, do you want, to, you want to talk about unofficial but yeah that's uh, that's an interesting person walking by us here at Biosteel Center or formerly known as Biosteel yes, Center yes watch it now the practice facility the Toronto, Ra- the the Toronto Raptors later. Training Center is that what we're calling it yes that's the name that's uh, on Google Maps now <laughs> if you try to get directions here or you punch in an Uber or whatever yeah I think the writers still have the top bid in for the naming rights to name it after Ryan Wolstad of the Toronto Sun and Post Media Yes, we've come in at like a steel center. Yeah, we've come in at a strong one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. Nice. Um, That's a... That could get it done, I think. Are you contributing? Can uh, we can we up the bid? I'm in for like ten, <laughs> but I'm in for more if it means we get pictures of Ryan Wolstead all over, <laughs> like every place that there was previously BioSteel uh, material. We get a like a Ryan Wolstead photo or a Wazism. What goes in the fridge though? Nothing good. I wish there was a better joke to make here, but no. Uh, no family-friendly jokes, at least. Yeah, that's... Uh, that is for sure. Um, but, so yeah, we're, yeah, the we're, Raptors, anyway, here they are. We're at this facility because uh, 
the Toronto Raptors are had the second of three practices to tune up for their season opener on Wednesday. Uh, the Raptors concluded their preseason last Thursday in New Orleans. They took Friday and Saturday off. Friday because it was a CBA-mandated day after a back-to-back. Saturday because it had been like three weeks of traveling around and not being in one place for very long. I still came to the practice facility, yes. though. You were still here at the Wazzle Steel Center. Erroneously. Yeah. Well, whose fault was that? Um, totally mine. Oh, see, I was going to suggest it was someone else's because what, why would you blame yourself? Why would you take the blame for that? Yeah. No. It was, uh, it was years of of routine so I guess Dwayne Casey's fault yes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know as long, I mean in a fine Raptors tradition let's blame things on Dwayne Casey yeah yeah that's, that's sure he's not going to hear this podcast um, anyway well, you uh, never so, know yes they, they took Friday and Saturday off uh, they practiced Sunday which was said to be a very intense session when, uh, today's today's Monday today's session was said to be very what was the word? Yeah, it was like ornery but not ornery. Yeah, or chippy but, but not, not chippy. chippy. Yeah, I don't remember what the yeah. exact word was. Something like ornery Feisty. and chippy. No, it was different. Yeah. It was not a very common word. I thought it was interesting yeah. to use it. And now I can't remember it at all. Well, one of us can look it up when one of us is going on a monologue. Yes, that's uh, that's absolutely true. We could do that. Um, anyway, so this practice was uh, was a whole thing. Was that? It yes. was ornery and or chippy and or a word to be named later. Testy. 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 That's, that's what the word was. Today's practice was testy. Anyway, Tuesday they will... Um, it's interesting to hear a little bit about how coaches approach this or how teams approach this um, because, you know, you have five days off between your last preseason game and the season opener, and I think training camps probably already run long in the tooth for a lot of people at this point. Uh it's, it's quaint now. Not quaint, but it's funny how we used to complain about the length of training camp, and then they literally took, like, seven days off of it, and we're still complaining. Yeah. Uh, and that complaining will never end. Wait, what are we... I'm not complaining. No. Never I never complain about having to work, because the, the alternative to working is... Thinking. Yeah, not having to work. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's interesting to hear that, you know, the approach was two full hard practice days... Tuesday will be kind of a light prep day for Cleveland, which is a team that, you know, they're pretty familiar with at this point, although the Cavaliers may have, you know, their roster changes from the, the offseason may impact how they look. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know we'll if you see. take LeBron James off that team, if there's a difference. They did lose Jeff Green, though. Look, they have uh, championship players across the board. Yeah. They, they have that requisite experience, and surely... That will pay dividends this year. I actually think they're a sneaky contender for the seventh or eighth seed, but uh, I think they're going to be very bad. Um, yeah, I mean, either they could win. Any they have w- exactly one player that can create his own offense, and it be non-Jordan Clarkson offense. Yeah, it's Jordan Clarkson time. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, you know, <laughs> As, they could uh, win Robbie anywhere, Calland but is, is fond of they joking. could win anywhere between twenty and forty-five games, and I wouldn't totally be surprised. Yes. I mean, if Kevin Love is healthy the entire time and. They operate their offense, you know, effectively around the things that Kevin Love is very, very gifted at. Um, you know, you can probably cheap out uh, offense in the like twenty to twenty-five range. Maybe even you sniff league average if Shetty Osman takes a takes a step and, and you know you get somehow get good Jordan Clarkson and J.R. Smith and yeah. you don't flip George Hill to a team in need of a point guard. Um, Maybe you can sniff average on offense. I don't see how they could 
be anywhere close to that on defense, though. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have many Cleveland the hot tags. The bottom of the East is bad, though. So if any it's of exactly. Those like, like, one yeah. of them has to sort of... I mean, don't have to. They could all win fewer than 30 games. But I figure, like, one or two of those teams are going to be competent by accident. And I yeah. know the popular pick for that is Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but I think Charlotte could be competent. No, we know what and Charlotte's going to do. They're going to go 30 and 52 with a plus with a point differential of like minus two. That was the Steve Clifford era. Yes. I like how in the Raptors preview podcast we're just talking about Cleveland and Charlotte. Well, <laughs> and, uh, look, this is where the conversation is gone. We, we don't script this. Conversations about the Raptors. Already. Nothing has changed. Uh, we didn't do a podcast last week because nothing had changed. There was only one preseason game between yeah. when we would have recorded. Um, okay. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting how the team approaches it. Yeah, but I think it makes... Oh, it makes sense. It's it just makes sense, given here, that, yeah, like... Um, you know, the previous regime was not quite as open about the, um, the scheduling Yeah, the, the scripting of the schedule yes, and, exactly. and the tenor and tone yeah. of the practices. But, it, yes. you know, given, other, other, given that, uh, just to finish my point, that the season is going to work out like this and you gen- if you get a practice day to focus on an opponent it's usually only going to be one practice day yeah. and you're not going hard that often the season unless there's like huge breaks in between games when which there tends not to be with 82 games during five and a half when months you start the season uh-huh. with the three games and four nights yeah um it's good to get the pattern going to the best you can if you're yeah. just going to you know, use all these practices to get every single thing in and to get people more and more chemistry and and more on-court minutes and exhaust them, like, you're not going to get a start on that routine. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that Nick Nurse, um, and he's made a couple comments like this about how, about his, the kind of collaborativeness of his approach. Um, he's kind of allowed some of the veterans on the team to dictate, not dictate, but give feedback on where they think the team should focus each practice or, you know, if Danny Green sees something on defense that he thinks the team's behind on, maybe they should focus on that. Or if Kyle Lowry or Kawhi Leonard want to work on, you know, this on offense, you know, there's a little bit of freedom for feedback like that, which which might be, it might've been the case in the past, but it's it's at least interesting to hear. Well, I know last year they had sort of the veterans committee that sort of gave Dwayne Casey and his coaching staff some guide on how the players were feeling when they wanted a day off as opposed I mean always but you yes. know what I mean, it was CBA particularly does important mandate yeah. a, a fair number of days off and even even now with the number of, because you have to take the day after a back-to-back off um, a team doesn't have a choice in that and then on top of is that is that CBA mandated that you have to now yeah I think mm. so okay I can't imagine there's not I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Dwayne. They never. Said I mean, it. they never do it. Yeah. But I, I. I just remember, like early in my tenure, uh, there was a question to Sam Mitchell about why he didn't give them uh, a hard practice after they got their uh, butts kicked, and the questioner, who's a friend of mine, said, "You know, isn't that the old school way of doing things?" And then Sam goes, it's not old school, it's dumb school. <laughs> um, but so I, I was never sure about if it was uh, sure mandated. Yeah, anyway, it's um, not going to happen so they also get, Yeah, they also have a certain number of CBA mandated yeah. days off on top of it. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The Raptors the last couple of years have generally saved most of those off days for late in the season when you're maybe a little more fatigued. Anyway, that's probably not... And then we're all sick of writing. Yeah. There, there are fewer storylines. Mm-hmm. There are fewer Malcolm Millers and Chris Boucher's to write about. 
Um, before we go into more of a season preview, we have one small piece of news between the, the last podcast and this one. Chris Boucher won the training camp battle for the team's second two-way spot. Uh, I know that's probably a relatively minor thing when the season starts very shortly, um, but it's fun and interesting. And Eric, I was wondering if you have any thoughts on Chris Boucher beating out Eric Moreland, Dan Adele, Kay Felder, and Kyle Collinsworth for the second two-way spot. Well, I mean, after Collinsworth started, I figured that uh, job was him was his, rather. Uh, no, I mean, the only sense that it's surprising is that it's pretty hard to deny that Moreland was the more ready player for the moment, and, you know, center He's is... Good. Center is, is, you know, their, their thinnest position, if you're talking about point guard wings and center or, or big man whatever like that's you know the area where you can most see having an injury and if that happens since there's so much pressure on the team to win this season uh i you know it would have been easy to go down that road of and getting the more nba ready player to slide in but as we've talked about uh you can use those two day two-way contracts uh on more than two players, you just have only certain uh, names or only certain number of days available. So if they really need a, a player at that spot and, and they don't think Boucher is ready, they can think about changing that. But again, it's a low leverage decision. They're going upside, even though uh, Boucher is, what, 25 now? 20. 25. So, you know, not upside in terms of age, but in terms of, you know, development path. Uh, and, you know, I think it should be, it's fine. Yeah. I, I can't coax much of an opinion out of this. It's good that the Raptors, you know, this is what they've tried to do. They've tried to stay competitive while keeping an eye toward the future. Yes. And this is, uh, it, it's showing in a way that Kawhi Leonard and his future isn't going to dictate everything the Raptors right. do. And uh, that's a long leap to make, but I, th I think it's sort of, you know, if you're worried they're going to throw this whole season away or, or the whole future away just to go all in on this, they're not completely doing that. Yes. Um, I feel conflicted because I care very deeply about who gets those two yeah, yeah, spots. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like, strictly from a practical standpoint, there's almost no cost to the team of cutting Chris Boucher and Jordan Lloyd right now and getting two new two-ways in there or doing that in January or whatever. Um, two-way deals can't be guaranteed for very much and even once the guarantee date hits it's only for the g league portion of the guarantee and they don't count toward the cap of the tax so it's also possible it seems unlikely that this will happen but say they need center help at some point and chris boucher is not there yet and they don't want to spend the thirty-six thousand dollars per day that i currently estimate a 15th man would cost after the luxury tax they just cut one of the two ways and sign eric moreland or someone like that to a two-way to fill in then Fly home, baby. Yes, yes, fly home, baby. Anyway, Eric Moreland is good, and I think someone should jump on him around the NBA. Even as teams aren't keeping three centers anymore, um, he is an elite rebounder, a near-elite defender by the metrics we have available, and a pretty good passer for a big man. I think he's an NBA player. Uh, well, not for the Raptors right now. Not for the Raptors. Anyway, and Dang Adele's going to be a lot of fun with Raptors now. Uh, it's great for my purposes. Yes. There's a smile that could light up this entire... Was is still center. He and Kyle Lowry both. Yeah, sure. Kyle Lowry was wearing some 
unbelievably nice shoes today. And they were his, like speci- like they yes. had his branding on it. Yes, right? uh, they had his branding. They are a flyknit top with like a purple and red Raptor theme on the soles, um, or on the little gummy part of the shoe before the sole. I don't know what that's called. The gummy part. The, the piping, I don't know. Um, also notable on the shoe front, from practice, big news, Kawhi Leonard was wearing Reeboks. Yes, you broke that news. His Jordan deal is up at some point. Uh, this month, I think players have freedom to wear whatever they want in practice anyway. That's why there was some controversy about if Danny, some controversy, one person mentioned it, mentioned it to me, if Danny Green was had like signed with Puma or if he was just wearing Puma he that day. He is with day. Puma now. Okay. Because um, I was, saw, like, that was the first time I saw him wearing yeah. them. So he teased it a couple times during the offseason, mm. like he'd worn Puma t-shirts. See, these are things I don't pay attention yeah. to because um, I don't care. Anyway, I... I really like the Pumas he wore in his first game as an official Puma player. Yeah. It just, the colorway is just like, I can never pull it off. It was like a yellow to red gradient that was just like yeah. super loud. Uh, anyway, Kawhi was wearing Questions, which are a fun shoe. I've never played in them, but they're a cool shoe. Uh, I do not think this means he's necessarily signed with Reebok. Who, Reebok's owned by Adidas, right? I can't remember. Yeah, I think they are. They are, have not been big players in basketball no, since, since Shaq. Yeah. No, they have Iverson. somebody. Oh, yes. Um, that guy. But yeah, anyway, so that was that was fun. I did not think people would care that much. My Twitter mentions have been... People like their shoe business. Yes. I mean, when it comes to Kawhi Leonard, maybe not... More uh, importantly than his shoes. Yeah. The fact that he was Anything. standing just feet away from OG Ananobi, and those two were a workout pair today. Yeah. That is cause for extrapolation um, and excitement. As I said to one Raptors employee... Uh, they're becoming silent best friends to which that person responded well how would you know maybe they're already best friends but yeah, we won't know it will never it will not be provable because they're not going to admit it they're not going to have some online uh, you know yak and skills bond they're not going to make commercials about that although maybe they should how, who like that sponsors the Raptors could sell like a product with no dialogue in a commercial. Who that sponsors the Raptors? I'm not sure. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, it's a weird... Yes. I don't know. Maybe Sonos can get in there, or, or one of the headphone companies. Yeah. Just like they're just, quietly, they're just quietly bonding with headphones on. Yeah, or they want to drown out the world because they hate noise. Yeah. Um, oh boy, the noise. This is the week for noise. It's preseason. Everyone's previews and projections and rankings are coming out. Um, for the most part, the Raptors seem to be getting the requisite amount of respect. Um, the athletic, uh, James Edwards of the Athletic Detroit polled 31 athletic writers. It's crazy. It's crazy that there are 31 athletic NBA writers to poll and not even all of them responded. Um, There's a lot of us. Yes. Uh, anyway, that poll showed that, what was it? I think five had Toronto coming out of the East yeah. and another five had Kawhi Leonard as MVP. Yeah. I would assume those to five which- are the same. Uh, to which I responded, I didn't know I was working with so many Raptors homers. Yeah. Uh, so Boston was the team that, if you look at um, a number of projections, including Vegas odds, uh, including the Athletics on panel, Boston would seem to be the favorite. Uh, more analytic models seem to favor the Raptors slightly, including 538, who have tweaked their model to get rid of some of the common sense issues that it's had in the past, uh, allegedly. And they had the Raptors as the, the favorite out of the East and the second favorite to win the NBA championship. Eric, you have answered in James Edwards' uh, post, and you'll answer again in the the panel we're all dropping together on Tuesday for just the Athletic Toronto. What 
is your sense of the Raptors for the 2018-19 season in the big picture? They're really good. Uh, this is like, you know, it's the best collection of wings they've ever had in a league that requires elite players at that position. It's, you know, really fascinating. Uh, the one thing we... I mean, there are many things we don't know, you know, how fully back and how fully healthy and, and you know, Kawhi Leonard is at the top of that list, but also Nick Nurse adapting to head coach and, you know, whether his approach will go over well and, and really be suited for a team with such high hopes. But, you know, I think it's an incredibly deep team. Boston is also incredibly deep. If all things are equal, Toronto has the best player in that, that series. Is he good enough at his peak to swing that series, even though, you know, Boston might have a bit of a better roster from, let's say, roster spots two through six? You'd probably favor Boston? I don't know. It, you know, if, if, if Kawhi Leonard is where he was two years ago, I think the answer is yes, but that assumes you know, everybody's sort of leveling off at the same, uh, at the same level. So I think they're going to be really good. I have Boston coming out of the East. I have Boston actually winning the title, although I might have just been seeing Golden State mentioned too much and wanting to switch it up. Um, but Which is how we should all make Yeah, yeah. Not on, not on what you actually think, but <laughs> on what entertains you at any given moment. Um, but the Raptors are right there with them. And Philly could be, too, to be honest. I mean, they have more questions, I would say, but their upside is just as high as anybody's. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating race between those teams. The only team I can really see getting, making, getting involved in that outside of those three is Milwaukee. Um, their preseason has been terrifying. Yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton no longer shooting half of his shots from the mid-range when he's a good three-point shooter is makes sense. a little scary. Um, yeah. Also, you know, a coach who's going to be less rigid about how they play uh, stylistically yeah. and then also just surround Giannis with shooters. Yeah, scary. like if those end also, up... Also, Christian Wood has looked really good, which was disappointing because... I mean, it's not disappointing because I'm glad Christian Wood is figuring it out, but I had, when I wrote up the, the competition for the two ways, I had like a small percentage called the Christian Wood corollary, which was if he doesn't make the bucks, yeah. um, the Raptors should sign him to a two-way. He did. Yes. Um, but if those end up being the two conference semifinals, some combination of those four teams, that would be swell. I'd Which, be into that. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, preferably for my pur purposes, Boston or Philadelphia, uh, for the Raptors to play just because there are direct flights there. Beat writer Minutia. Yes. As someone requested, Miles Moose requested their beat writer yeah, that's, on this podcast. There is only one direct flight from Toronto to Milwaukee a day. Or at least there was when they played them last uh, two, years two years ago. And that means you almost always have to fly through Chicago. Once I went through Detroit, which is much better. Uh, never connect through O'Hare if you can help it. But in that case, you can't help it a lot of the time. So that would not be ideal. What you can do, and I'm only getting into this further because it was requested. Because you can, of Miles Moose. Yes, you can take the train. And from Chicago to from Milwaukee. Chicago, or if somebody's renting a car, you can do that. I love the train; um, it is the best form of transportation. I've never done it 
in terms of just to get to Milwaukee, I did take it from Chicago to Milwaukee last year, but I was in Chicago for a Raptors game. Um, but maybe I, I will try it. I looked into taking it for that upcoming road trip from LA to Sacramento. Yeah, but I um, sent that to you. It's 13 hours, right? Yes, and it looks awesome. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Um, the issue is, is that I, I'm managing to do that trip with a free day for myself in LA because I've never been to LA before, yeah. and I would have to sacrifice that to take yeah. the train to Sacramento and. No. I don't. I feel like a day in LA is probably. It is, but the I will say like the drive up that coast is pretty essential in terms of uh, traveling. Yeah, I, I very much regret when I lived in Vancouver that I never got to do the PCH. Yeah. Um, the plan I was supposed to be in Vancouver for two years, and that was a year. That was a year two plan that was that I had because um, I did Seattle and Portland the first yeah. year that I was there and Whistler and some of that yeah. some BC stuff like that uh, and didn't go all the way as far as California well we make plans and God laughs Blake yes what is that yeah sure sure I don't know you didn't, You had a plan and it didn't end up happening yeah, it didn't end up happening that, uh, that was the point okay <laughs> DeLon Wright I've gotten distracted yeah so DeLon Wright um, <laughs> I don't know when this podcast is going to go up it, this is the issue, is that we're recording this late on a Monday afternoon. It probably won't go up till Tuesday morning now. Um, I have a Nike running coaching clinic shortly. Um, DeLon Wright may or may not have signed a contract extension. Probably not. Yes. Um, so, how do you think the Justice Williams, or Justin Will, Justice Williams, who's Justice Williams? Does he exist? Justice Winslow. Winslow, yeah. How do you think that shapes the market, or does it at all? Uh, I don't think it really does, necessarily. I think... I know they're different positions, you know, his, but, you his know... His contract was also right in line with what you and I had both kind of expected when we did our contract pieces. Yeah. Like, he got 339 which is probably a little higher than I expected for him, in terms of annual hit. Um, but it's right in that wheelhouse, where it's like, okay, everyone was probably thinking somewhere in the 9 to 13 or 14 million for guys like him, and you know, Rogier's going to want more than that, but Boston probably was hoping for that range. The Raptors are probably looking at the low end of that range for DeLon Wright. Yeah. As you put, I think it just makes more, and obviously I can look very stupid when this goes up, and the Raptors and DeLon Wright have agreed to a, you know, three-year, $35 million deal or something. But I think the Raptors and Wright, as you wrote, both have uh, their own reasons to wait and... You know, the Raptors don't have a full picture of their future yet, obviously. And, and Wright, because of his age, uh, is in such a position where restricted free agency really might be his best chance to cash in on on the market. So I would be surprised if it gets done, but not shocked. Uh, I just think, like, the Raptors would probably want to start it at, like, 8.5 or 9, and DeLon Wright reps should probably be asking around 12 or 13 and even though the difference doesn't sound huge it could be if we're talking about you know the tax bill next year if Kawhi Leonard returns and you know like the, a year ago the Norm Powell thing made total sense and you know that was a contract that was sort of burdensome in its own ways this summer so um, yes that's essentially what uh, where I am with that. That makes sense. Um, it looks like we're maybe getting the boot out of here. Uh, 
Are we getting kicked out? Okay, that was my bad. Okay, so we're not getting kicked out. We'll stay in here all damn day then. Um, I can't find a time. I'm trying to figure out. It, in the past, it's been midnight was the deadline for these extensions. I think it still is. I thought so too, but someone just said it was 6 p.m. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't. I think there's. Uh, I think there's a better chance. As Zach Lowe wrote about it and, and gave it maybe a 20-80 chance. I feel probably. A little more optimistic about it, closer to 3367, 33.333, 66.6667. But yeah, I just think there's, I think there's enough reason on both sides to wait. That yeah. That's probably the outcome. And that's that's rare for the Raptors because Fred Van Vliet was the first player, I believe, under Masai Ujiri who made it to restricted free agency. Yeah. Um, Lucas Nogueira, obviously, they didn't tender the qualifying offer to, so he became unrestricted. And then the reason Van Vliet did is because the situation he was in, there would have been, you know, he didn't qualify for the same type of extension because he was an undrafted free agent. He, um, and he only had two years. So his situation was unique because he couldn't really sign the qualifying offer because he would have been a restricted free agent again in one year. Uh, but also they couldn't really work out an extension that made sense for either side. Um, so yeah, this is a little more, there's a little more freedom here, but within that same freedom, there's also this, it almost makes it tougher because with Fred Van Vliet, the minute he hit free agency, the Raptors could be like, okay, well, look, you want two years, we want two years, here's every penny we can give you. Or with Norman Powell, they were like, look, you can test the, the market, but we're willing to give you every penny we can. And those caps on each of those situations, uh, in Van Bleet's case with the early bird rights, in Powell's case with the veteran extension rules, um, you know, that was almost a great favor to the Raptors in terms of getting a deal done, because it's like, well, maybe you'll get more, but right now we're offering you every penny we can. For DeLon Wright, that would be like five years and $150 million. They're Which I think they should offer him. he is the best player in the world. Yeah. But a lot of what he does so well to make you so fond of him, you can't quantify or put a dollar value on. I can. How do you put a, do- how do you, how do you put a dollar value on art? On joy. On jazz. <laughs> um, excited about the tryhards coming to town on Friday? Yeah. The Celtics are going to be really fun and super interesting. And I put this as my bit in the athletic panel. My biggest question this year is how do uh, Brown and Tatum's development go as uh, Hayward and Irving come back? I think, you know, they have all the pieces in place to make that work. Mm-hmm. Smart people in that organization, obviously. And smart but players. But it's still a question. Yeah. Um, and and I it, think it's, it's interesting, too, because, like, they're obviously those guys were both very high draft picks. Um, so you compare them to how the Raptors have done both developing yeah. talent while also competing a lot of that's been with um, guys in their 20s uh, and picked in the 20s I should say yes and also guys who are older prospects yeah. so Fred Van Vliet DeLon Wright Pascal Siakam are all a little overaged for their experience level where Boston has these very young not more raw but um earlier in the big picture development of what yeah. people think they could become so yeah. it's an interesting wrinkle where you know if those guys are at 20 minutes a game suddenly, does that stunt their development more than it does for the Raptors guys who probably projected as high-end role players? Yeah. Uh, where these guys like Tatum and Brown might be stars or borderline stars. You know, some people think Tatum's there already. Yeah, he was uh, high up in Tim Bontemps's yeah. uh, rankings today. I didn't love Tim. I love Tim. I did not agree with some of the well, the top 100. Yeah. So uh, better than ESPN's. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. 
uh, I just like it for the faces. Yes. Oh, the art on that book yeah. is awesome. Tim's opinions are garbage, yeah. but uh, the faces. Yeah. Um, so that'll be that'll be a lot any of fun. white the guy's Cleveland... face basically is the best <laughs> on that on that page. The Cleveland game is interesting because obviously a lot of the talk around camp has been who's going to start and oh they're going to change the starting lineups and will they play the matchups. Um, the impact of all of it has maybe been a little overstated. I do think Cleveland represents an interesting case because in Jonas Valanciunas' own words, well if they start Kevin Love, maybe it makes sense to start Serge Ibaka. So if they start Tristan Thompson, maybe it makes sense to start Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. And we'll see how much match in that case. We'll see how much matchups are going to dictate what he, what Nick Nurse does, which he came close to saying today and then didn't several times. Uh, I would also say that um, the playoff evidence last year was not so much that Jonas Valanciunas was the bad matchup for Kevin Love. It's just letting Kevin Love switch on to smaller poor defenders was the matchup problem. Yeah, uh, there were lots of problems in that series. Anyway, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. If I were to guess, I would actually think we see the Ibaka JV front court um, because the Cavs have been starting Love and Thompson together. Yeah, that would. Uh, but that also presupposes that the Raptors out of the game are, gonna, are going to care yeah, about the matchup and specifics. respond. Yeah, and also that they think Ibaka is a better fit for Love than say an Ananobi or a Kawhi Leonard, which might not be the case. Well, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is the best fit for pretty much every possible defender. Yes. Except for, like, true behemoth centers. Yes. And even then, it'd be fine. Yeah, he's very strong. Yeah. Have you seen his arms lately? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Put those Matt Jackson arms going on. <laughs> he's a super heavyweight at this point. Um, oh, yeah, Miles Moose also requested we talk about wrestling, but I can't imagine there's anything wrestling to talk about. No, just... Impact Wrestling had their big, their big like their WrestleMania last night, and it was garbage. Um, Becky Lynch forever. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Still, I know you're looking over your shoulder for my Becky Lynch moment. I tip this whole midcourt table onto you. Yeah. Then you'll bad. Then you'll badmouth. Then you'll badmouth the fans, and then stop badmouthing the fans. Um, breaking news. Mm. Podcast. The New Orleans Pelicans have traded Alexis Ajinta to the Clippers for Wesley Johnson. The French Bargnani, gone. Yes. Brian Colangelo, eat your heart out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't affect my, uh, no, my just, Western Conference power I, just, I was like, why is, my phone, why is my phone lighting up so much? That's a great preseason trade, like on yeah. the eve of the preseason. Yeah, it's just, almost like DeLon Wright for a first-round pick to the Phoenix Suns or something like that. Yeah. I know nothing. This is, this is not actually happening. There are just a bunch of teams that need a point guard. And if a DeLon Wright extension gets done... Who else needs one? San Antonio, obviously. They uh, could really use one. I don't know if the Raptors and Spurs have ever made a trade together yeah. to where those lines of communication might be open. Um, there was someone else that I was thinking could really use a point guard, and now I'm drawing a blank. No, yeah, whatever. Anyway. They can't be very good. Yeah. That's why you're drawing a blank. Anyway, oh, the Magic always do. <laughs> hey, I drafted DJ Augustine in our 20-team draft. I, yeah. I hope they, they they are just plum dandy with the situation there. Yeah, a 20-team draft was uh, the Athletic Raptors fantasy. And sorry to the couple people who saw it late and didn't get in, but um, the last four years I've done, last couple years I've done four 20-team fantasy leagues for Raptors Republic readers. The Athletics keep up captain at one. One 20-team fantasy league is, uh, is enough. I like my team. I, I do not like my team. 
Uh, anyway. Do you have any Raptors on your team? This is the real... No, because here's the thing about that draft, is that Raptors are going to go early. Yes. Although, with the closest I came... I think I almost drafted Pascal Siakam, maybe. And the other... With my first pick, I w- it was between Oladipo and Kawhi, basically. Okay. And I ended up taking Oladipo just... To hedge a little bit? Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to be a homer or anything. Uh, but... Uh, Kawhi was the bigger upside play, and now I'm sort of regretting it because I'm very bored by my team. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the issue might be Kawhi might set some games. No, I mean that's. And it's a head-to-head format, so if he if he rests too much late in the year. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's fine. Pascal Siakam is an interesting one because by most ADPs, he's going undrafted. Uh, yeah. Because you know most Not basketball a... formats aren't super deep. Yeah. And he's an interesting guy in that you know his the actual quality of his play is almost limitless for this year based on what we've seen from his playmaking and his attacking and even a little bit of shooting um, and he's obviously such a good defender that like in you know he might end up a most improved player candidate and he might you know I think Fred Katz in, in the athletic poll picked him as his breakout player yeah. I think that's reasonable from a fantasy perspective though it's just like no Raptor role player is going to well it's just that's the thing like, about what, picking what Raptors get, 25 minutes at most yeah like, he like, averaged right around 20 last year I was thinking back, remember when he just, like, stopped John Wall? Yeah. yeah. And, like, he's, he's interesting from a fantasy perspective because he's a power forward who, if he played 25 minutes a game, might get you three, three and a half assists this year. Um, and he's a, he's a high steal guy. But unless he suddenly starts playing center in some small ball lineups, he's not a high, end, he's not a high shot blocker. Um, you know, the three-point shot might not be there to give you that. So he's not... He's a weird fantasy. He's very much a guy who is a much better basketball player than fantasy asset. At least until he's playing 35 minutes for the 2019-20 Toronto Raptors. Putting up like 2012 and five. By the way, getting back to the panel, one of our uh, your former nemesis. You might be above him now. Like he's too uh, he's too small time to be considered your nemesis. But your former nemesis. D. Reynolds uh, message Daniel Reynolds messaged me to say because uh, I answered the blow up like who might blow it up after the season or during the season mm-hmm. and I answered the Raptors simply because they're the team I could think of that was most likely to be without its two top se- players yeah. starting next season yeah. and that's a pretty good definition for blowing it up yeah, I, I mean, or the, having the it issue, blown up. I guess the thing is, is that one of those pieces is not your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas you know, a team like the Wizards. Well, yeah, yeah, Wizards and like or Blazers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. So, and in the in the thing I wrote, wait, what are we consider considering blowing it up? Right. Anyway, he was very uh, confused about my answer, so I wanted to set the record straight. You were talking about basketball. Of course, he was confused. <laughs> All right, we should uh, probably yeah, we should wrap, wrap this up. Because I think multiple people have wanted to set it here at this point. So um, 65 wins and the NBA Finals. This was more just a rambling 40 minutes of catching up rather than a proper preview podcast. But luckily, there's tons of preview content coming out this week for at the Athletic Toronto and all across the Athletic NBA, where if you're still not subscribing, uh, you can get 40% off this week. You will get my stuff, you will get Eric's stuff, you will get Katie and Vivek's stuff, you will get Leaf's stuff. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, the Toronto Maple Leafs are very good. Good and fun. Get, uh, fun think, and good. I think by the time the season launches and everyone's announced, we'll be in every NBA market for the Athletic. So 
Yeah, you should get on that forty percent discount. Uh, and I'll be doing a Q and A on Wednesday at noon. There you go. Right uh, after shoot-around. Yes. Means I'll have to be away from Walter for longer. I'm dog sitting for someone this weekend. Oh. This is the longest stretch right now that we've had since I moved into this place, so about a year and a half, where we haven't had a dog yeah. since you picked up Walter. And that's yeah. only been, what, two and a half, three weeks? I got back on September 22nd. Yeah, so all of camp, basically. Yeah. This is the longest stretch we haven't had a dog, because normally we foster yeah, yeah. dog sitting, we had a subletter with a dog, so I'm very excited to be dog sitting a like one and a half year old golden retriever. Mm. Is a good dog? Trick question. Yes. All dogs yes. are good Huck dogs. is a very good dog, so... <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. We will come back at you. I guess we'll try Tuesday. to drop one. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday of next week. We'll have three games. Game on Monday. Yeah, that probably makes more sense. We'll have three or four games, unless we just connect on Sunday. There's no practice, but we'll figure it there's out. There's gonna be a lot to digest for those first three games. So maybe we should do that. Mm. Digestion. If you don't mind spending half an hour on Skype with me on a Sunday. Uh, I mean, my only wish is that we could just spend it in person. We could. We don't live particularly far yeah. from Yeah, I don't really want it. Football. Yeah. Speaking of which. You watch my first snaps of football of the season yeah. in week seven. Blake made sure to point that out after my, my Dallas Cowboys, and I use my in air quotes, because they're the team I root for, but they're also the team I hate the most, because they're toxic and everything. They represent everything that's bad about the NFL, but you become a fan of who you become a fan of in your childhood, and that's it. Beat Meanwhile, Blake's Jack, Jacksonville Bulls. Jaguars yes. a lot to a little yes. on And if Sunday. anyone ever wants to get me a gift for some reason, a Blake Bairdles. <laughs> good good throwaway choice. gag. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Eric, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Blake. We'll talk soon. Uh, enjoy the first week of the NBA season. It's going to be a lot of fun. See you. It's too late to be a reasonable man.